there was a young man who became part of the fabric of the city and the heart of the city last year. Uh, everybody, I think, knows a large portion of Ben Stelter's story. Probably not all of it, not by a long stretch, but his parents, Mike and Leah Stelter, uh, certainly do, and they're joining me here. We're live at the Stollery Children's Hospital. And guys, uh, Mike and Leah, thank you so much for being here. It's it's good to be able to look you in the eye and be able to talk to you and say hello. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thank you for having us. I, I, was, I was trying to figure out what I could ask the two of you, because this has been such a whirlwind, obviously, over the last little while, that somebody else hasn't already asked you. But I, the more I thought about it, the more I just tried to understand the position that you guys have been in both with, with dealing with all the challenges that Ben had to that moment that he burst into the limelight and became a star to when an entire city wrapped their arms around him. How do you describe to anybody what that emotional journey has been like for you, especially over the last year, but obviously this has been going on longer? Is there any way you can? <laughs> I, I don't know. One thing we often say, it was the best year of our lives, but by far the worst year of our life. Um, at the same time, it was high highs and low lows. Leah, can you take me through what, what happened with Ben? How early? Tell me his story, because so many of us are focusing on that moment when, when we got to know him on the ice, right? But, but tell us more of Ben's story. Um, so two months before Ben turned five, he was completely healthy, no problems, no issues whatsoever. Um, and he was playing hockey in the basement one day, and he came upstairs and he told us that he wasn't feeling well. And he started throwing up and getting sick, which led into a seizure. Um, and we actually had to call an ambulance to bring him here to the stallery. And within a couple hours of uh, a couple different scans, they told us that they could see a mass on the left side of his brain. Um, and 48 hours after that, he was in for brain surgery for five hours, um, where they diagnosed it as grade four glioblastoma. Um, and about a month after that surgery is when he started his six weeks of radiation and chemotherapy every single day. Um, and then after that, he did another couple rounds of chemo during the summer and then uh, in the fall before he before he relapsed and the tumor grew back again. Uh, it's, can you describe sort of those first 48 hours at the Stollery? Because what I keep hearing about is just uh, usually with parents talking about how engaged they seem to be by the doctors, by the nurses, by the staff. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, there is a, a team for everything, and we're so lucky to have a world-class facility like the Stollery in our own city. Um, but we got here, and you just had that comfort knowing that they knew what to do. Uh, there are so many different teams that came in, people that introduced themselves, um, and everybody had such a significant role. Um, but it was like a well-oiled machine that you had comfort that this wasn't the first time they've dealt with something like this. Um, Ben's going to be okay, and there was just instant trust with all of the doctors and especially the surgeon. Well, and I try to wrap my head around that as well. We often hear about the, the great success stories. You know, they save the, a child's life. Sometimes uh, you do everything you possibly can, and it's not enough. Uh, how, do you, how do you sort of uh, settle in on that? And on that that reality, which I'm sure you know that you've had to live it, obviously, right? Yeah, I think one of the things that Mike and I keep saying to each other is that although Ben did pass away, his last week was here at the Stollery, and you couldn't ask for better nurses or doctors, 
and just everybody who loved him and took care of him. And that brings us comfort because we knew how loved and taken care of he was here. Yeah, it didn't feel like a, a nurse-patient relationship. It was so much more and so much more special than that. Um, you could see the emotion between the nurses and Ben, um, the doctors and Ben. Like it was, it was like family was caring for him almost. It was incredible. Well, and we, again, we often talk about the successes. Absolutely, and there are a lot of successes on, on a daily basis every day here at this hospital. But this is reality, and this is life. And sometimes it's really hard, and sometimes it's heartbreaking. Uh, so being able to deal with that as well in a compassionate, effective way has to, you know, it's, it's had to be the worst, like you said, the worst times of your life, but they were there to help. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a true nightmare to go through. Of course, as soon as you hear that your child is diagnosed with cancer, but coming to the stallery almost became a comfort because we loved seeing everyone that we came to see every day. And Ben did too, right? Like he, be, he bonded with his doctor and all the nurses that he would see every single time. And I mean, we were here every single week. So you really come to, to almost look forward to them, to seeing them. I kind of think, or I'm guessing, you tell me if I'm, if I'm out to lunch, that this family that you got to know here at the Stollery, were they as excited to see Ben with the orders and the folk and just the love? Like that, that first night and just the crowd just showing love for your little guy. Yeah. Did they dive into that as well? Yeah, yeah it was it was really cool. Um, we had a pretty cool following on social media from a lot of his doctors and nurses at the Stollery. Um, one thing that jumps out to mind uh, was we were doing our road trip down to California. Uh, the Oilers were in the playoffs. Um, it was the first round. We go on Twitter and we see that his team of doctors and nurses did a video cheering him on and cheering the Oilers on. Uh, they had signs for Ben. I think it said, uh, play La Bamba Baby and yeah. Ben Oilers Strong. And it was just, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, he loved telling people about the cool stuff he was doing with the Oilers. Um, and you know, coming back from Disneyland, even we'd have a room full of nurses where some were even Ben's direct nurses and they wanted to come listen to Ben tell stories. That's very cool. Well, he had stories to tell, man. <laughs> you know what? You know, I guess sometimes a life well lived in those last little, that last time with some help from some people. My favorite memory for me was him up on the podium with Zach Hyman. Remember like that one just, and all the crowd outside just cheering him on. Yeah, it's for you, buddy. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You cling to those memories and, uh, and, and, and you move forward. And then do you, do you why is it important to be here on this particular day to try to, to give back to the Stollery? Why, why, is, why does this lock into, into your hearts? Just because of how much the Stollery gave to us, but more importantly to Ben. You know, like I said, they took such good care of him yeah. and they showed so much love all the time, every time. And so for us, that's so important because we know that children are going to come in here every day and we know what it's like here and we know that they are the best of the best here. Definitely. And you never know when you're going to need it. Where we woke up that morning, we didn't think we were going to need the stallery. Uh, Ben was playing hockey in the basement and within hours that morning, we were rushing here in an ambulance. So it's it's here. It's huge. It's important. Um, I don't know what we would do without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about uh, where your lives are right now. Where, where are you guys at? You, you obviously look back to last year. <laughs> it's the worst question you could ever ask anybody, but how are you? Hmm. It's tough, to be honest. Um, to do what we can to help give back and help other families is all we can do right now, it feels like. But 
we know Ben loved giving back so much. Ben loved giving anything. Um, so that's what we want to do in his honor and his memory is give back and, and help other kids going through the same thing. Uh, yeah, it's not just the two of you in the family. How's everybody doing? Our girls are doing well. Yeah. They they keep us going and they, they bring us so much joy every day and keep us busy. So they're... Yeah, they're we would be completely lost without them yeah i hope yeah. if you ever have to come back in here for a treatment for the girls that it's here for you and it will be here for you absolutely i hope it's minor i hope it's an accidental thing like when they're playing and, and spraying a foot or something like that yeah. i hope it's something simple and something easy yeah. Yeah. in the meantime uh on behalf of all the people who wouldn't have got a chance thank you for sharing your little boy with us we i think we're really inspired by him so thank you thank you Thank you. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.